Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Hour number two. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We take you until noon. Uh, working on David Kaplan from Chicago, who's scheduled to join us. Hopefully, uh, Cappy will be able to make things work and he can join us here. And that's starting off well in the new live era of Cappy doing uh, Des Moines radio after his show starts. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get Cap at some point. He's a um, man of his word. He says he's going to do it. I'm sure he'll do it. If not today... Well, it's always tomorrow. Uh, but we will get Frank Schwab here sometime uh, late in this, uh, probably 25 after 11 or so. Go around the NFL, a lot of NFL topics to get to. Did you see Hard Knocks last night? I did. I stayed up late, watched it on HBO Max, and got to it about midnight, so it turned into a very late night last night, but I was thoroughly entertained. Oh, you were? So we, okay, good. I really enjoyed first, it. Because the first week was a letdown, as I mentioned. Yeah, and I didn't watch the first week uh, yeah. as I was gone last week, and I, I had that moment. All right, do I click on the first episode? Yeah. Well, it's already midnight. Yeah, the Twins game got over. I think it was 11.48 when that one finished off and flipped over, uh, watched a little bit more of TNT's coverage, and all right, now let's get into the hard knocks. There's just something about the beats of that show. It really is. Trent. That, that really with you. get me going. There's little Justin Herbert, which uh, was fun, and talking about his confidence, mm-hmm. and they're working with him on his cadence as at Oregon. Almost all the time, not only was he working out a shotgun, he wasn't even hollering hut. He'd just clap. I didn't realize that. And, and they showed I mean, that, too. I knew too. the shotgun part. I didn't right. know that. The cadence part. Wow. So that was something that they were working on uh-huh. with him and, and then showing Tyrod Taylor and the way Do that he does it. Do you get the sense they're trying to make him the starter week one? I don't think so. I, I think, I think, so I think it's going to be Tyrod yeah. to open things up there. But Bulaga was talking to him about <laughs> his cadence. Now, I uh, don't think Bulaga was in the first episode. Oh, yeah. I don't think. So he got about a minute in there. Uh, Desmond King saw him a couple of different times, yeah. including late in the program. A uh, group of guys were all getting together playing beanbags, playing cornhole against each other, and uh, so that was fun. But yeah, it's always good to get those glimpses of the guys or guys you just remember from, from college and seeing them in that kind of environment. But, boy, the one the biggest takeaway, I think they said it was 16 consecutive practices where it was just walkthroughs, not even shells. This was the first week they got pads, Trent. It's incredible mm-hmm. just safety precautions. how far behind these teams are going to be. Fast forward. To that first weekend. and We've been asking this for weeks. What kind of play are we going to see? I mean, is it going to be XFL-like? Is it going to just be crappy football? Uh, it's football. We're going to love it. Mm-hmm. And it's guys we know, and we'll love it to another level because of that. And that's why spring football for these other professional leagues never work. You just don't know the guys. You don't have that same kind of connection. But for these games, we're starving for it, and it's just going to be, all right, whatever. You know, I told you yesterday, I think, I don't even know, I think we were off the air but we get that Monday Labor Day college football game that we've traditionally had. It was Miami Florida State for it was a number always of years. A, it was always a seven o'clock kick. Mm-hmm. You hate to wish the weekend away. Yep. <laughs> but there's such a good game coming up on Monday night to end the weekend. Well, we will get one this year. It's BYU Navy. All right. I'm in. BYU Army just signed for the week in October. Uh, no, I think it's September. I think the 
well, you know what? Now you got me wondering if I read it right. I thought it was the 19th of September because there's all those games on the 12th. The Big 12 is playing their non-con slate. The ACC is playing their non-con opponent. I think that all happens on the 12th of September. Then for the most part, there's the bye week on the 19th. And now I see BYU and Army have claimed some of that television real estate, which is great. Uh, and then we get into it full bore on the 26th with the SEC joining the party. Um, so at least there's something on Labor Day weekend Monday. But the the Thursday night, we'll get the NFL. They'll be back, and uh, the world will be a better place for that. You know, the uh, I've been watching a ton of hockey and a ton of NBC and NBC Sports uh, SN uh, over the last couple of weeks. I guess I didn't realize just how much content NBC is going to be able to put out there. They've got the Indy 500. Uh-huh. They've got the U.S. Open. They've uh-huh. got the Kentucky Derby the first Saturday in September. By the way, Luch's horse is in. Oh, Luch really? and Albaugh has a horse. Uh, a Thousand Words is its name. That was the one that was based in California. That was thought to be the second best mm-hmm. of the two. I remember you Dennis's mentioned that. moment yeah. was the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Thousand Words is... The light has gone on, and he he won't be the favorite. Tis the law is an overwhelming choice. He won the Belmont, the first leg of the Triple Crown in June, which is normally <laughs> the last leg of the Triple Crown. Um, but, yeah, so they've got the Indy 500, the Kentucky Derby, the U.S. Open, the NHL, yeah. uh, Thursday night football, right. Sunday night football. Holy cow. I mean, think about ESPN. Notre Dame football. Notre Dame football. NBC, here we go. No, it's going to be, I mean, they're about to... uh, And they lost the Olympics. And they lost the Olympics for this year. Are we going to have 2021 Olympics? Oh, that's the plan. I know it's the plan. I mean... Crystal ball that. Yes, they're going to have it. The saliva are uh, the uh, saliva test is going to change things. Is the Olympic Committee going to say, thanks, U.S., uh, everyone else is allowed? You guys got to yeah, stay home for this one. Oh, boy, isn't that crazy, the times yeah. that we're living in, right? That is that is so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, the, the USA is barred from so many places. Ah, they can't get the numbers down. No. Uh, how about Michigan State sending home all their kids? Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, North Carolina is, uh, and and I think it was somebody tweeted this out earlier. Uh, the FOIA requests are going to be flying back and forth over the next few weeks here because there are a lot of conspiracy theorists, mm-hmm. uh, theorists out there that you know they just wanted that tuition money, that uh, living accommodation money, and now they get the kids on campus. Did I see Iowa State had an outbreak? Did I see that? I didn't see it. Or maybe it was you just a have. party that they... Oh, yeah. I definitely saw pictures of the party. Right. Hundreds of kids all shotgunning beers and having uh, a good time, and yeah. that's what they're that, going to do. You know, Trent... We've been saying this for months. I know it. It's funny, and there's no right answer to this, because my wife and I talk about, you know, just how unfortunate it is in our 60s, right, mm-hmm. that, that that you're having to live through. It affects every age bracket. Yeah. I mean, college kids that don't get to live the college life. Mm-hmm. I think... The decade, the best decade of my life, anyways, was my 30s. Okay. I think 30s is the best decade. 40s are good. 50s start to stink. 60s are worse. I can't imagine what 70s is going to be like. Oh, man. You're really not painting a very happy picture. No, Trent, it's not a good picture. So just along those lines, um, I told you that at some point I reached the the stage in my life where you're putting your pills in the daily stuff, right? Yeah, yep, The yep, Monday, Tuesday, because yep. you don't you got so many pills, you don't want to forget. I remember so that's when my grandparents went through that, yeah, now, now my parents are so going Cindy through that. Cindy and I are going through that now, or we've been doing that for a while. Mm-hmm. But anyways, just capture, send me a text. Blah, 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 blah. So what time are we on till? <laughs> um, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, there's this advertising, I see it all the time, for Prevagen. Prevagen. 
It helps with memory loss. Oh, okay. Right? And if you're in your 60s, and, and you know, dementia's and Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's awful. It's, it's terrible. It is, yeah. Um, I, you know, my mom is full-blown. She has no idea who any of her children are. It's yeah. just terrible. I, uh, I, Keith Murphy's dad died of it. It, yeah. it touches every family, a it lot does. of families. My, my great-grandma, who I was really close to, had it, and, and it's just so sad. It's terrible. It's an awful, awful disease. Right. There's not know who they are, where mm-hmm. they are, when it's time to eat, when it's time to sleep. Anyway, so back to this Prevagen thing. So they, they spend a ton of money saturating television. You probably have seen it in, because it, you don't need it right, yet right. or you're not even thinking along those lines. Um, so I looked into it. It doesn't work. <laughs> It, there's no review that you can find for this, and people in my demographic are lining up to buy this stuff and have been for a long time. Because you're hopeful that it will work. You're hopeful that you want to stay sharp, yeah. you know? Uh, certainly, everybody does. I, I'm amongst that group. I don't want to, you'd ask me a question and... it just fall out the Right, back. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I Googled it. Prevagen Reviews. And there isn't one that says it works. In fact, they all say that it doesn't work. So my question, how do you get away with this? <laughs> I mean, what is this, sugar pill? I mean, it's basically I, a placebo that... It doesn't do anything, according to studies that have been done on this drug. Prevagen. And yet... Google it. If you're sitting in... Well, you're not sitting in your cubicle, because nobody works anymore. Uh, but they <laughs> you're sitting home. at your home desk. Right. Uh, it, it's... If your parents are thinking about that, if you're, you know, you have parents in your 60s or you are, find, find me a good review. You just can't. Anyway, so how did we get here? I have no idea. Nor do I. That's so, what happens when, uh, when Cappy, these new live slots with, with Cappy, we'll, we'll get it figured out though. Yeah. You know what? Let's go to break. Okay. Uh, we'll grab Frank Schwab early and Cappy wants to see if he can join us at the end of the show. Okay. So we'll see if we can do that. Yeah. Uh, it's 11.15. We've got to do this before we go to break though. KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword. Thanks to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. Thanks to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Take you up here until noon. T-shirts for us tomorrow, right? We give away yeah. another one tomorrow. Good stuff. We, uh, we got a winner yesterday. Had a lot of great guesses of music that people thought that I'd be listening to. Mm-hmm. Soundgarden, that was one that I had in the car, didn't play. In eastern Colorado. Yes, uh, it was also... Uh, Allison Chains was a good guess. Uh-huh. Somebody called in with the Toadies, who I love, and I didn't know anybody else actually I knew that I liked the Toadies. Another band from uh, the early 90s. But the three winners, and you could have guessed any of these three, Nirvana, who the person guessed, Pearl Jam, who you just heard there, and the third was Stone Temple Pilots. You like uh, Stone Temple Pilots. I, I see you beat your knee every once in a while when I play some of those. I'll take Rejoiters. your word for it. I'm not sure I know that I'm doing this. <laughs> Anyways, let's get Frank Schwab in here. Uh, YahooSports.com. He's a proud Wisconsin grad. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to start there with you, Frank. As always, thank you for coming on. Uh, appreciate you uh, being uh, uh, carving out some time here for Trent and I. Uh, the Big Ten, as, as we all know, isn't going to play. I guess there's still a 
a sliver, a tiny as it might be, sliver of hope that uh, some parents can come together. I know the Illini parents have joined Ohio State and Nebraska and Penn State and Iowa parents who are converging on the Big Ten offices tomorrow in hopes that they can uh, persuade the commissioner to change his mind. No football. Camp Randall, you went to school there. Crazy, crazy times, Frank Schwab. How much are you going to miss it? Oh, yeah, a lot. I, I mean, it's it's kind of been coming. It wasn't some shock, some crushing blow, because it, we, if you've been paying any attention to what's going on, not, not with college football, with colleges, with, with universities, you could tell the writing was on the wall, that this is... It just wasn't a good idea at any point. It didn't make any sense to me, and I don't, I don't know that necessarily how the basketball is going to make any sense. Mm-hmm. Not do. I, I love that sport, so I don't know. I, I don't know where you go from here. And yeah, the parents want to play, and that, that's well and good. But boy, there's a lot. I, I mean, are they all willing to sign waivers? Mm-hmm. Every one of them? Because I assume anyway that a lot of this has to do with, uh, you know, liability for legal sure. Liability. For sure. I mean, yep. <laughs> well, why else wouldn't they? You know, why else wouldn't they play? So, I, and then it, you just get into a mess here, and, and colleges are kind of a, just so so bad for coronavirus and the spread. I mean, mm-hmm. you look, any of us who went to college know what college life is like. Understand what goes on in college. So, I, I don't know. I, it's it's just hard for me to believe, and I don't. I, I can't imagine. I know the SEC wants to play really bad and they put on schedule and whatnot, but I, it's I'm just so skeptical about that. And it's it stinks. I hate college football, and you know, I, in my in not just missing college football, but any move to you know what I what I do for a living, and you wonder NFL draft. How is it? How does this even happen? I you know I mean I, you're you're talking about it, but somebody brought up a good point of you know you look at some of the la- last few really really high draft picks. Talk about Joe Burrow. He would have been a fourth, fifth round pick mm-hmm. at best had it not been for his last season at LSU. The same with Baker Mayfield. Same with Kyler Murray. And you know, guys like this, we just know this. We we know from years and years and years of experience watching football that guys have great final seasons because they mature. You know, I mean, they only got four years of college, so you know, it's obvious that you know you can really come along from year to year, and then they you know shoot up. You know, maybe from even off the board to first round pick. What happens to those guys this year? I mean, are there going to be steals in the seventh round? Are they going to be massive busts in the first round? Like, I just don't know. If you're a scouting staff in the NFL, you're probably looking around saying, how do we even do this? How do we even approach the 2021 draft? It's absolutely crap, crap I mean, shoot, even yeah, more so. It's just on and on and on. We have all that on the college side, yet the NFL side, Frank, in your day to day life. Things are going about as well as could mm-hmm. be anticipated at this point. I didn't foresee this happening at this direction at this point, this deep into camp. Your takeaway here a couple weeks in as teams have done a really good job at the NFL level. Right, I agree with that. They really have. And, you know, I mean, you look and it's the amount of cases is really, really low at this point. The amount of guys on the list, anyway, they're called it reserve list and, and that's a positive i, I i'm kind of shocked I, you know you, you i'm a baseball fan too and you look at some of the problems baseball's had with the marlins with the cardinals and you just wonder like how's the nfl going to pull this off but so far they have i mean that doesn't mean doesn't change this afternoon it definitely doesn't mean it doesn't change before week two after they've all traveled or, you know a week and you know we've just seen some of these kind of you know it challenges they have everybody everybody's got to be on board and 
one thing I do, it, it's kind of a weird cross-sport thing, but what happened for the Cleveland Indians kind of gave me a little bit of hope that, you know, I mean, you never see guys criticize their own. Never. Right? Like, you're not going to criticize your teammates yep. publicly. You're not going to. But I think it's it's become, these guys understand the, the deal here. They're they're responsible if somebody like uh, Mike Clevenger or Zach Pisek aren't responsible. All of a sudden, you're putting jobs in jeopardy, money in jeopardy, yep. season in jeopardy. And the way the Indians kind of lashed out at these guys, uh, you know, I mean, in a weird way, gave me hope for the NFL that this isn't just going to be, hey, oh, you know, this is, these guys go out and party on a Friday night, and that's kind of the way the NFL life is. No, they're gonna, this year it might be like, man, if if this start, if, if we have to get games canceled, if we have to get our season stopped, it's costing me millions of dollars. This is my business. This is my family. Like, so I, I don't know. I, that part, you know, obviously is a, seems to be optimistic as far as guys following the protocols and whatnot. And I think the, the testing breakthroughs are, are huge. I mean, my, my colleague Charles Roberts wrote about this last weekend that, you know, new easy saliva-based tests are going to help the NFL test even more, test more quickly, and, and that's really the breakthrough they needed. So as we sit here right now, or maybe I'm being overly optimistic because I just want it to happen, but <laughs> I think that everything points to, yeah, they can pull this off. It sure seems like it, Frank. If I've, I've always said all along, if there's one sport that's going to do it, it's going to be the NFL that they're determined to play come hell or high water. So fingers crossed, and as Trent said, so far so good. I think they're doing uh, a terrific job. We're going to bounce around with some teams with you, Frank. Uh, I, I want to start with what's going on in New England. Obviously, it's going to be it's going to be different. Uh, the the Brady-Belichick era is over. Um, but is Jared Stidham-Belichick era really about the to begin, because I just assumed that Cam Newton was going to be there and the no if ands or buts about it starter. But is Belichick telling us the truth? Um, wouldn't be the first time that he's told a little white lie that he really, they really like Stidham and it might not be Cam Newton? Anything's possible with the, with the Patriots because I think they're one of the few teams that, you know, we can all sit here and say the, oh, you know, your draft status doesn't matter, your contract doesn't matter, we're going to play the best guys. But honestly, that's not true. I mean, that's first round picks are going to get a shot. And former MVPs uh, who, who, you know, signed up for agency are going to get a shot at Jared Stidham. With the Patriots, they really, truly don't care. They are all about, hey, if you can play, you can play. We, we, we're not going to be beholden to where you were picked or your name or your reputation. And I think it did like, I, 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 you know, you went about this off season and the fact is they, they didn't make any moves. They didn't go out and try to get anybody. They could have got Andy Dalton if they wanted to. They could have got uh, Cam Newton before they did. They could have uh, tried to trade for Nick Foles or whatever. And any of these quarterback movements, they didn't. And I think that they, they were seriously comfortable saying, Hey, if it's Stidham, it's Stidham. And if you watch his preseason last year, which I did, went back and watched all his throws, he he did do some good things. I mean, he wasn't. He's not some guy off the beaten path and has no upside. He was a third round pick who a year before was thought of as a first round pick before he, he had this kind of a, a, a mediocre final year at Auburn. But watch him in the preseason. He does a lot of things well. He's not a zero. He's he's got some skills to bring to the table. And do I think at the end of the day that Cam is going to be their starter? Yeah, probably because he's Cam and, uh, you know, he's had this great, great career. But 
look, if, if Jared Stidham is, is better suited for what they want to do, if he plays well enough at camp, if he's if they think he's the best option week one, he will start. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it, it, Bill Belichick does not play favorites. He does not care. He just cares about, hey, who's the best guy to win football games? And if, if they really, truly believe it's Jared Stidham, he will start in week one. Talk with Frank Schwab as we take a look at the NFL. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Frank, uh, second-year quarterbacks, three of them I want to get your perspective on. Kyler Murray in Arizona, bigger, stronger, and just as fast. At least that's what the reports are at this point. Drew Locke, Ken's team with the Denver Broncos, and Daniel Jones. Of those three, who do you anticipate is going to have the best sophomore year? Oh, that's year? easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, I mean, it's got to be Kyler. I mean, maybe I'm just... You know, reading too much into to draft position, but it, this kid was a number one pick for a reason. I thought he, at his best last year, played really good. He had some down games, but I think there were some reasons for that. I think that getting him Hopkins, getting him Drake for a full season at running back helps too. Take some pressure off him. I just think that in this offense, he's going to be fantastic. I just, I don't see any way around it. I'd be shocked if he doesn't take a big step this year and put up a huge year. I mean, he he is he's got immense talent. And he's, you know, he's a great player. I think Kyler Murray's on his way to stardom. I think he's really, really a hit, a hit for the Cardinals. I think he's going to be one of the top, you know, one of those, you know, top seven, eight quarterbacks in the NFL for a majority of his career. He's really, really good with, and then I, you know, I take Jones after that, but you know, Locke has, has done some things. I think with Jones, he's a good athlete. He's really accurate. He's willing to let it loose down the field. I like a lot of things about him. And not having Eli around is going to help. I, look, it just was awkward. And the Giants were so just stuck on trying to apologize to Eli for benching him that one game when McAdoo did it that they just didn't, weren't making smart moves. And it just having Eli around last year made no sense at all. It really didn't. Aside from sentimental you know, value for Eli, now that he's gone and Daniel Jones can really not have that shadow around him, I think that's a good thing. I, I really do. And he's got a lot to work with. A lot, a lot of good receivers, Saquon Barkley. And with Locke, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck with him because – yeah, they went four and one, not because of Drew Locke. I, I think he played fine, but he wasn't great. He was, he was okay. He showed some good things. He, they did the right thing in saying he's our starter. We're going to put guys around him. We're going to see what he can do. But I wonder if it's one of those things where, you know, I, we're going to let's put it this way: we're going to know a lot about Drew Locke by midseason. I mean, mm-hmm. if if he can't succeed with the guys around him then it's it's on him. Like, there's no excuses. This isn't a Sam Darnold situation where you have a bad coach and no receivers to throw to. Now he's got great receivers, a great running game, upgraded offensive line, uh, and Pat Trimmer's a very good offensive coordinator. Say what you will about him as a head coach. He can devise an offense. He almost got Case Keenan on MVP. Right. So I, I think that Locke is the, the one wild card of the three. He could be great. He could be... You know, one of those guys who by the end of the season were like, wow, that Broncos got to start over. I have no idea right now. But I think the Broncos did the right thing, giving them the shot to say, hey, okay, here you go. If you're the man, you're going to prove it this year. Uh, I'm with you there, Frank. Uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think probably a year for Judy and Hamler to, you know, get their feet under him. But Sutton can play, and, and no fan came on big time last year, and I love the running game. Anyways, uh, let, let's move on. Um, it's Kirk Cousins' 32nd birthday today. I know that you picked 
the Packers to win the division. Your uh, lengthy exercise when you took a long look at the 32 teams. I uh, finished, what, about 10 days ago, 12, whatever it's been, a couple of weeks. Uh, you uh, put Baltimore as your uh, top-ranked team, Kansas City right behind them, and then memory serves New Orleans and San Francisco rounding out the top four. Uh, but this um, this Vikings team, Frank, might be might we be underestimating what they might do? Are you that convinced that it is the Packers' division to win? No, not at all. I think this is the most wide open division. I, I, you can this is the only division I can think of off the top of my head, anyway, where you can make a, a recent a decent argument for any of the four teams, even the Lions. I mean that. If you get Stafford healthy for a full year, I mean, this team in the Olds beat the Chiefs, should have beat the Chiefs last year. Kind of got unlucky not to win that game. That, you know, Stafford was on a 5,000 yard pace when he got hurt. So I, you can make a case for the Lions. You can make a case, maybe the Bears just, you know, they're rest too far last year and it's going to correct a little bit. This is still basically the same team that did some good things in 2018. And the Packers are the Packers. They went 13 3 last year. And then you get to the Vikings and look, they lost a lot of guys and, and, that bothers me. That worries me. But, you know, as Mike Zimmer said earlier this offseason, that's a young man's game. And maybe losing some of these, most of the veterans they lost are older guys. There was a Griffin type of guy. Mm-hmm. And nothing has ever been Griffin. He's been a great player. But, you know, I mean, age catches up to everybody. So did they just get rid of, you know, is it a good thing that they had the youth movement? And maybe it is. Maybe it's possible that, you know, Stefan Diggs wasn't happy last year. Maybe removing him from your locker room helps that I, I don't know that you can necessarily replace him on offense, but maybe there's some chemistry things there to help. I don't know, and maybe there's you know arguments to be made that this huge draft class they have steps in, gives them a little bit of a boost. And look, Kirk Cousins was great last year; he was fantastic. I mean, I, I think that people really slept on that because you know because he's Kirk Cousins, the kind of a narrative set, whatever. He was top five quarterback last year; he really was like, by almost any metric. So. I think that, you know, if Cousins can play like that again, Dalvin Cook stays healthy. I think Thielen can have a huge bounce back, huge year, getting a ton of targets. Yeah, they they could be a contender. I, again, I think this NFC North is really, really fascinating, and you can make an, a good argument for any of the four teams to win it. Frank, we also know you do work over at Yahoo on the sports wagering side of things. You got a uh, a long shot, any futures <laughs> numbers you're looking at? Got anything for the listeners out there that are degenerates like myself? <laughs> you know, I wrote about this uh, yesterday. Was that when I look? I look, I'm a little skeptical on the Steelers and Big Ben because this is. A, we I think we've even talked about it that you know this elbow injury is coming back from serious. Mm-hmm. This isn't just hey he's going to be fine. This is three tendons reattached. However, when you look at teams down in that section of the odds, if that's what we're looking at, you look and you see thirty to one on the Steelers. If we can just say Ben is ninety percent of what he was in 2018 when he had. 5,100 yards and led the NFL passing. That's the only question they have to answer. Any of these other teams have, you know, if if five things go right, you can win a Super Bowl. If eight things go right, you win a Super Bowl. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, if this one, if Big Ben is healthy and looks like he did in 2018, everything else is in place. I'm I, like Mike Tomlin as a coach. I think he's fantastic. Their defense was phenomenal last year. Almost dragged them to the playoffs. They have great receivers. I think Deontay Johnson is a great breakout guy this year to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. They have four running backs who can play, including James Conner. Everything else is in place for the Pittsburgh Steelers if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. Now, am I skeptical about that? Yes. But when you're getting 30-1 to odds on the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's already baked in. I mean, you already, you already have that skepticism into the line. So, yeah, I think that 
if you're taking one long shot on the board, you're going to know within the first few weeks. Uh, if if Ben looks like he usually does, throw over 300 yards and that offense is clicking again, you're going to feel pretty good about having 30 to one. Now you might feel terrible. You might by week two say, "Wow, okay, this is I could tear this one up right now." But I'll take that shot. I'll, I'll take 30 to one, even with my skepticism about Ben bouncing back. Uh, way 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 better to uh, in fact. I, I I can't bet favorites, Frank. I just whether I'm betting horses, whether I'm betting in sports, you can't. Right. You never make a living. The other day, yeah, on Monday I wrote about this. Twenty and one favorites. Twenty and one. I've never seen anything right. like it. It was crazy. I'm with you. I'm not a favorites guy. So if there's a day like that. I'm just losing money, guys. I, I'll just be honest with you. I'm with you. Although that, that sounds like the properties bounced back yesterday with a couple eight seeds winning. <laughs> uh, Frank, we're out of time. Thank you for what you do for us. We'll speak with you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Frank Schwab. No doubt, fellas. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. David Kaplan next. Oh, great. Yeah, Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KX10. Spirits competition. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back. Let's get right into it. David Kaplan joins us. He's live. How about that? A little bit different. It is. It's great. Cappy, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. David Kaplan, how are you? I am good, boys. How are you? It's a beautiful day in the great city of Chicago, and it's a pleasure to talk to you as always. Let's play, too, and we will. Uh, coming up at uh, Wrigley Field here, uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cap, let's, uh, let's talk Cubs to begin with. Uh, let's do the bad first, which is clearly the offense. Um, you know, the pitching's been terrific. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But guys like Chris Bryant, who, uh, Boris is going to ask for the moon here coming up next year. Uh, I don't think it's going to be there for him. I'm anxious to hear your take on that. Baez, uh, is kind of still mired in. He's, he's not himself in the batter's box right now. These guys aren't alone, Cap. There's a lot of guys not hitting the baseball right now. But right on top of that list is Chris Bryant, who I don't think is going to play a, again today, but what is wrong uh, with KB? You know, I don't know if it's the wrist that he just got the shot in. I don't know if it's the finger that was bothering him. He just doesn't look like the same guy right now. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that it's injury, but boy, oh boy, 2017, he was good. 16, he was MVP. 18, 19, and now this shortened season here, he hasn't looked like the same guy, so I'm more than a little concerned of what's going on with Chris Bryant. I hope it's just the wrist and that this cortisone shot will knock out whatever's bothering him. What about Javi? What, what do you see with him? We know what he can do. Still, uh, Ken and I maintain the best tagger in Major League Baseball history. Hmm. I don't know if there's a, a way to actually quantify that, but what is wrong with Javi Baez? It's a great question. He just looks like he is trying to hit a 10-run home run every single time he's at the plate. And I'm not asking to not swing hard. That's who he is. That's who he's been. That's Javi, being Javi. It's just, man, oh, man. He's missing like 94-mile-an-hour fastballs right down the middle. He's missing, and I don't understand it. Same with Chris. You know, they'll throw him an 89-mile-an-hour fastball and he swings through it and I'm like, hold on a second. How did you miss that? <laughs> like, not even follow it back. So the the high strikeout rate 
really concerns me. Uh, Cappy, I uh, started the show, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, too. I think that regardless of how this turns out, let's say it, it goes well that they maintain their place at the top of the division in the National League Central. I contend that you're going to look back at that three-run pinch hit home run on Monday night by David Bodie when they seemed to be on the cusp of going down for the fifth straight time. They were listless. Bodie's pinch hit home run in a shortened season like this, I think you're going to be able to pinpoint to Monday night uh, as maybe what, I don't know about save the season, but certainly a major, major impact on the 2020 Cubs season. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you, but I also remember that you and I, we've done radio for many, many years, where they would get David Bodie's home run, the ultimate grand slam to beat Washington, or they'd come up with some dramatic comeback, and we'd be like, okay, that's the spot <laughs> that they needed. And then yeah. it doesn't work out for whatever reason. So I hope that it is the spark that they needed to get on another roll again. We'll find out in the two doubleheader games today. And then the White Sox series this weekend will be a really good challenge. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure, but it's certainly I hope that you're right. Edbert Elzelai will get the Game 2 start for the Cubs. That was just announced a few minutes ago. He'll take the bump, and uh, Tommy Birch, who was a longtime reporter on the Iowa Cubs down here, said he had been hearing a lot of good things about how he'd been throwing the baseball over in South Bend. How excited are you to see Alzali out there for the first time with the big club? I'm excited. You know, when he came up, he pitched really, really well, and we thought, boy, what do we got here? This guy looks <laughs> really, really good. And then there was a bit of an injury. He had a bad start, and we really haven't seen him again. And then it's Alec Mills, and it's Tyler Chatwood, and Tyson, uh, what's his name that just pitched? So, uh, was it Tyson Smith? Trying to even, my mind is going in a million different directions. We haven't seen Adbert, so I'm hopeful, if he's healthy, that this is indeed a guy that they can count on in their rotation next year because Lester's deal's up, Chatwood's deal's up, Katana's deal's up. So they better be able to produce some pitching. Hmm. Uh, Cap, Albert Almora is a terrific center fielder, period. I mean, he's just completely lost in the batter's box. I don't get the Josh Fagley experiment. I have no idea. Maybe David Ross sees himself in Fagley. I don't think he has a hit this year. I don't understand why he's taking up a roster spot. What about those two? But in particular, Fagley won't be around much longer, I don't think. But Almora is a gifted defensive replacement late in the ball games. Uh, is this what he is, Cap? He can't hit a lick and uh, don't expect him to uh, break out of this anytime soon? Um, in terms of Almora, he's a very good defensive player who did not have a great defensive year last year. I think it's probably time to admit that it was not a great pick sixth overall. Um, I think they thought he was going to be at number six, the guy who, not the face of their team because he was never going to be good enough, but kind of the glue guy that held everyone together. And it's just, he hasn't hit enough to be that guy because he can't get on the field. So I wouldn't be surprised if Albert Almora Jr. Uh, isn't here next season. It would not surprise me. Let's go to the south side. The White Sox are hitting the baseball well. Uh, Sunday just ridiculous with the four consecutive home runs. Robert has been a revelation. Both you and Ken were on that early on. He's been incredible to watch. This White Sox team 
chasing the Twins, chasing the Indians. Still a playoff team, but you might be looking at that 6-7-8 seed for the White Sox just because of who they're chasing in the division. Your thoughts on the Pale Hose? I think this is a really good team, but I think it's a raw team. Like, Luis Roberts, gonna, we're going to be doing this show, the good Lord willing, three years from now, and we'll be like, that guy's one of the ten best players in the sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's that good. Uh, Aloy is long-term going to be a DH. Moncada right. is a really good player. Tim Anderson's one of my favorite athletes to watch and cover in Chicago. He's awesome. Uh, I think Madrigal will be a solid player. Jose Abreu is what Jose Abreu is. He's a really good hitter. He's in his mid-30s. He's not great defensively, but he's always going to get big hits in big spots. Uh, I like their catching tandem. They haven't gotten the best out of Yasmani Grandal yet. I'm not convinced they have enough depth in their rotation, especially this year when you have Kopech opt out, uh, Ronaldo Lopez get hurt, Carlos Rodon get hurt. Is Dylan Cease good enough? I don't know. He's got great stuff, mm-hmm. but Kerry Wood and Bark Pryor had great <laughs> stuff too, and it didn't translate into long-term success. So I like this team. I'm not convinced this year they're seasoned enough to be really, really good. I do think they have payroll flexibility going forward because they were extremely, extremely prudent in getting their guys signed, something that the Cubs tried and failed at while the White Sox were able to do it. So I think they're set up for long-term success. Uh, Cap, last week when uh, when uh, you joined uh, Heather and I to do this, uh, we talked about the Marquee Network. Uh, we brought up Mark Grace. Uh, you mentioned the fact that you're not a fan of him doing it from his kitchen. He's in a little hot water, Cap. Uh, how's that going to work out, and how big of a talker, if at all, was it in Chicago uh, when the people got back to sports radio on Monday? Uh, how big was it as a talker about Mark Grace? Yeah. What he said? Yes. Uh, it was... It was a, we talked about it. I don't think it got the social media and airtime traction that maybe people thought it would. It got some. There were some people triggered. There's a whole lot of people that in today's times get triggered about things that they really shouldn't get triggered about. And I'm not defending what he said by any means. You you can't say what he said in 2020. But boy, oh boy, we you say the slightest thing and you got people coming after you in today's times, which I think is a sad reflection on times on our society. I just don't. My question is, why, why does, and I don't work there, and I don't have any interest in working there. I got a job. Why does Marquis feel that Len and J.D. aren't enough I'm so we're going to put Carlos Pena from his, his uh, beautiful home in Florida, and we're going to put Mark Grace from his kitchen and Lou Pinella from his family room, I don't understand why they feel they need that. Just give me Lena JD. They're a great team. They are comfortable. They're the soundtrack of my summer. So that's my problem. I'm not a huge Mark Grace guy on the air. I don't think he lends anything. Well said there. Cap, we'll get you out on this. Just a minute left. The Bears training camp continues. Of course, no th- nothing in person for the fans in Bourbon A. What's the buzz, buzz been like for the Bears, which we know certainly dominates the conversation in Chicagoland? What's it been like this year? The Bears buzz is fired up because we have a quarterback battle. Love it. We have you know, everything they do is being chronicled where, oh, Mitch Trubisky overthrew a guy on a 15-yard out. Oh, Nick Foles <laughs> dropped a step. It's like, I get it. I understand the beat writers have a job to do, but... 
you know, it's funny. I think some of them have anchored themselves to the position that Mitch sucks. So <laughs> nothing he can do short of throwing eight touchdowns in a game, they're not going to buy in. And so I read some people go, Mitch had a really good day yesterday. Others go, yeah, I don't know. It was just in a seven-on-seven drill. Really didn't show much. But if he had airmailed five receivers, they're the first ones to run to Twitter to go, I told you this guy stinks. A lot of them have cemented their position that he stinks. Here's my take on Mitchell Trubisky. He worked exceptionally hard. Some of his teammates have said he's a different guy. He seems like a more focused leader and that they believe that he's going to be a really good player and that he'll start. If he doesn't get the job, we should all cheer for Nick Foles. We're all Bear fans. If he gets the job and is bad, he's not going to be here anyway. So why do people get so triggered by the thought of Mitch playing? If Mitch beats him out, it's not like Nick Foles is Patrick Mahomes. Nick <laughs> Foles is okay. Yeah. It's all right. He's better than Chase Daniel. So that's where we're at. Let's let it play out, and let's figure out where we go from here. Cap, we will talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, David Kaplan. Got to run. Look forward to it. See you, buddy. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of I will tell you more about them tomorrow. We're grateful for their sponsorship uh, of Cappy. Uh, Murph and Andy, two fanatics at four. Morning rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.3.